My name is Adam Brusky. I'm a professor of medicine at the University of Pittsburgh. I'm co-director of the Comprehensive Breast Cancer Center and associate chief of the Division of Hematology Oncology. So, you know, the most important thing here is that we're looking for uh, drugs that work in third-line HER2-positive breast cancer beyond. So we have a lot of, you know, paclitaxel, trastuzumab, pertuzumab, first line, and TDM1 second line, and basically after that, it would have been kind of chemo plus trastuzumab for multiple cycles, maybe, you know, lapatinib occasionally, and there really wasn't a lot of other data. And so noratinib is an irreversible binder of the HER2 tyrosine kinase that had been tried in a number of clinical trials, and it was definitely equivalent to trastuzumab plus paclitaxel in an early phase trial, but the important thing is that it reduced the incidence of brain mets as a first recurrence in this trial. It was called Nefertiti. And so there was a lot of data actually on the combination of neuratinib and capecitabine that had been developed over the years, so we knew the dose. And so that was the development of the NALA trial. NALA basically was a third-line HER2 trial comparing neuratinib and capecitabine to lapatinib and capecitabine, which was a standard of care for third-line therapy and beyond. So the NALA trial, we took 621 women with HER2-positive metastatic breast cancer that have been at least through two regimens for metastatic disease, and about a third of them had had trastuzumab, pertuzumab, as well as TDM1, and we randomized them to neratinib and capecitabine or lapatinib and capecitabine and treated them into progression. And what we found in the trial was that the curves tended to separate after about six months. So after about the fourth analysis, you know, the, the fourth set of scans, and that was kind of late. And so what we call something called proportional hazards. And, you know, when we do proportional hazard assumption, we automatically assume that the proportional hazards are the same throughout the trial, but that's not true. You know, they really kind of became quite, you know, separated after six months. And so what we did is we did mean, we didn't do median survival, progression-free survival didn't mean progression-free survival. It was a pre-specified endpoint. And basically, the mean progression-free survival was 8.8 .8 months in the neuratinib arms of the trial versus 6.6 .6 in the lapatinib arms of the trial. That ratio was, the hazard ratio was 0 0.76, which was statistically significant. The primary endpoint of the trial was that it either had to meet a hazard ratio of significance either in the mean progression-free survival or in the overall survival. In the overall survival, there was a benefit, a mean benefit of about 1.7 months favoring the neuratinib arm, but it was not statistically significant. However, it met its primary endpoint as required by the FDA of a hazard ratio of 0.76 for progression-free survival. So it did meet its primary endpoint as requested and will likely get approved by the FDA for this indication based on that. There were other things that happened. The time to symptomatic brain metastasis was reduced by about, in relative terms, by about probably 30%, in absolute terms, by about 7%. So that meant that it kind of reduced the incidence of progressive brain meds by about 7%, which was actually quite nice in the trial. The duration of response, if you had neratinib compared to, to lapatinib, was about 8.5 months versus about 5.5 months with lapatinib. And, and so that, those were all really good in terms of efficacy. What was kind of nice and a little bit surprising in a good way in the toxicity uh, was that while the neratinib had more diarrhea, had about 20% grade 3 diarrhea, which is seven or more stools a day, 
because there was prophylaxis with loperamide and there was very intensive treatment once the, the patients developed diarrhea, the median time that women had grade three diarrhea was only four days. So most of the diarrhea was limited and really only in the first cycle. But one thing we did do that was commented on in the discussion when, when someone got up and actually asked questions was that the quality of life of the women, even though they had diarrhea, did not decrease at all. So that was actually good during the life of the trial. So basically, we're kind of pleased by these results, and I think that, you know, this will likely become a standard of care for the treatment of third-line metastatic breast cancer and beyond. We're going to, um, we're doing some biomarker analysis of the trial and kind of getting a sense of subsets, you know, some of these pre-planned subsets, what their benefit was, and we'll present that at San Antonio. But I think that clearly this is to become a standard of care at this point. We also have some studies looking at various ways of mitigating the diarrhea. So we have a trial called CONTROL, where people are getting various interventions, such as loperamide or cholestopol or budesonide, which is a steroid. And all these are trying to prevent the diarrhea. And so those are a few things that are currently ongoing. 